building a good company culture builds a better company. KEPX presents a Levine Media production. This is Dignity Leadership with hosts Brooke Coleman and Rich Levine. Welcome back to Dignity Leadership Live. I'm Rich Levine, the co-founder of Dignity Leadership Consulting. Okay, everybody. I am Brooke Coleman. I'm the Chief Inspiration Officer here at Dignity Leadership Consulting. See, I learned I learned my lesson from the last show. What? It's co, it's us. It's not me, it's us. This is our venture. I like that. You like that? My, my heart just grew twice. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> that is so sweet. <laughs> you know, I try to do what I can do. I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, what That's is it? That's vulnerability, baby. Vulnerability and becoming a little more empathetic. But you know, like here's, it. so let's talk about an attitude of gratitude because we did a couple shows. Mm. We had Edwin and Michael on. And so last night I was kind of reflecting back on what we've done. Mm-hmm. And we've done several shows together this year. We're, we're. Yeah. October. Wow. Number 10. Right? I yes. know. But look at the guests we've had this year. Yeah. We've had a guest from Maryland, New Jersey, North Carolina, yep. Dallas, and today we're bringing a guest on from Houston. Amazing. And we're not doing these over Zoom. We're it is doing these. These people are studio. driving to see I know. us. They're flying. They're here with us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I think is pretty awesome. No, it is awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. So today's show, um, we're going to talk about women in leadership. But before we get there, mm-hmm. I know it's right What are we talking alley. about today? We're talking about Brooke. I just wanted being, to repeat no. that. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about women in leadership. I like it. Hey, um, mm-hmm. but I will, another thing I want to talk about, vulnerability, because we've been focusing yeah, on vulnerability. Sure. Um, you said you are going to bring meeting notes. Do you I, guys like these? I, I love them. It, it helps me stay on track. Well, we have, that's one of our struggles with doing a podcast as we get talking. Yep. And somebody mentions a question. And we're working on this active listening thing right. and not interjecting. It's like, well, now we've got to write down stuff. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're getting better. We're growing. We're growing. We're not perfect. What? No, <laughs> we're not perfect. We've, we've established a lot of really cool things on this podcast. Number one, life's not linear. Mm, it is That was not. yours. Yes. I just said that we're not perfect. We're not. But, you know. I 100% agree. Yeah. So we're, get, we're working on it. We're yeah. growing. Yeah. We've been doing some cool things. The book's out. Man, how is that going? This is a great book, Rich. It's going. Yeah. But of course, you know, it's not like I am a New York Times bestseller and everybody's clamoring to buy the book. <laughs> but if they get a chance, you know, they can go out and buy it. It's you're doing it wrong. You're mm-hmm. stop managing and start leading. Okay. How are we what does it look like? Let, let me see that again. It looks like Kevin E, back over here, buddy, right there. It looks like mm. this. So when you're, walk, like it. when you're walking through, it almost looks like a um, You know what? Keep that up for just a second. It looks like We're a dummies book. We're going to go through book. a couple things. This is a management. This is a leadership for dummies book. Is and basically. it's, okay, leadership for dummies, and it's small enough where you're going to make it through. Because have you seen some of those uh, dummy books? They're like uh, 800 yeah. pages. Yeah. I like it. I've actually looked through it. You can get through it in a, in a decent amount of time, which... For busy individuals who want to learn the skills of, of really moving for into for you know like from management into leadership, that's really important. There's one other thing on that um, cover though. Put it up one more time. There are four colors there, and these people are helping each other up. Why? Why? <laughs> well, number one, you got to help. You got to help each other get to the top. Yeah. You're not gonna. You can't get to the top by yourself. Okay. And then I did stick figures. Okay. So it could represent anybody. Like it. So it's dynamic it's mm-hmm. inclusive not universal exclusive mm-hmm. and i did the four colors of the disc profile the disc profile and yes. why would you include the disc profile on that well because i'm a big believer in disc but i did something different too okay so if you look at this the blues on the top yes the reds on the bottom i see that so it's as you read left to right and d is your dominant side yeah in the disc profile mm-hmm. where the dominant people usually at the top. At the top. Yeah. Yeah. This one, we've got an introvert at the top. An of course, and I have a lot of blue in me. But. I was about to, an introvert that also follows all of the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so if the rule was to make it up the stairs, the blue's yeah. there first. Yeah. So here's the other thing. A shout out to all of our um, followers on social media. If you recall, mm-hmm. I threw pictures out on social media of the prototypes of the covers. Nice. And said, hey, vote. Right. What, are your, what are the ones you want? And this is what they came back with. I don't think I had the stick figures on. I think it was just um, silhouette. Mm-hmm. It was, I'll just say it, it was white, it was white silhouettes. I'm like, wait a second, we need some diversity in here. Yeah. Because um, I'm a white guy. 
And my whole audience is more than just white dudes. I mean, I want women. I want people of color, Thankfully. diversity. Yeah. I, I would need it to be a little bit more or I would not have hung around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you help bring, you know, some of the, you bring some of the best out of me because I'm not always displaying my best stuff. None of us are. None of us are. <clears throat> yeah. So we're going to talk about women in leadership today. So you pumped up? Uh, yeah. yeah psyched. Psyched. So we're going to bring on um, an individual I met at a conference in Las Vegas. So don't go, don't go all crazy on me because it's Vegas and it's a woman, okay? All right. Well, keep it in Vegas. I want to hear more about this person, though. Tell me more. Um, her and her husband own a repossession company. Cool. Okay. And there's a lot of different words you can say that say for that, but they um, repossess auto, default auto collateral. And I'm not, you know, there might be a lot of mysteries or mystiques, and we can talk to Brianna mm -hmm. about it, about what goes on in the in that part. But I was at an automotive conference because, you know, I spent 25 years in the automotive industry. Yep. So I've got a lot of contacts there. Mm -hmm. I had never met Brianna or her husband. And we met him. I met him at this conference when my wife and I were there. And I mean, we hit it off. Talk about cool vibes, yeah. um, energy, just a lot of awesomeness, if you will. Yep. It's like one of those things like, and you know how I am. I'm I'm red, dominant, and I go straight to the chase, right? So yep. what was the second sentence I said to Brianna? What What is leadership to you? No. Do you want to be on the podcast? Oh. <laughs> that was the first <laughs> I, sentence. I the thought first that was sentence. the third. I thought maybe your oh. first one was, what do you do? What is leadership? You want to come on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to bring um, Brianna Cox on. Nice. Cool individual. But before we do that, okay. we got to have a quick word from our sponsors. Awesome. Have you met Liz? You may know Liz. Liz is managing a business that's made its owners rich. The owners want more, yet her success has declined. She wants her employees to be happy and content, but she cannot motivate them. Her team is untrusting. She struggles with her communication and in making growth promoting decisions. Liz's management mentality is hindering the team's potential. She was promoted because of her past achievements, but she doesn't know how to lead. Liz's decisions typically backfire. She disregards feedback, creating turmoil. Regrettably, I can identify with Liz. I wanted to be a leader, but didn't know how. I'm Rich Levine. I went back to college to get a master's degree in leadership. I want to help others enjoy their jobs. So I started Dignity Leadership Consulting. We help people like Liz or the entire management team. Dignity Leadership Consulting, learning, growing, leading. All right, so welcome back. I would like to introduce Brianna Cox to Dignity Leadership Live. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thank Hi, you for having Brianna. me on. Yes. How are you doing today? I am good. Uh, really good. We're really excited to have you here, by the way. I am very excited to be here. Actually, this is my first like in-studio like ah. recording of a podcast. You're, you're kind of a podcast guru. You've done several shows. I have done a few. Um, I co-host sometimes uh, Pat, uh, Patrick Altez's show from Falcon uh, International in Florida. He, what is that called? Uh, it's called Repo America. Okay. Um, and then I've been on with uh, Nick Zulovic from, yeah. uh, from uh, Auto, Auto Remarketing. Remarketing. Yeah. Yes. What is that called? The auto remarketing podcast. Auto remarketing. Okay. I did a show with Nick as well. You did. Awesome. Yeah, last December. He's such a nice guy. Oh, he is. He's really cool. So you've got some experience doing this stuff. So you have to give us some critique on how we're doing with our hosting and co-hosting abilities. Uh, I think you guys are doing just fine. And you know what? And, <laughs> and when you said repoing America, I just got a sidetrack for one second because I know what you mean by repo America. Mm-hmm. But I just think we're in, and we're not going to get into a, make this a political show, but I think we're in a crossroads right now in this world where we need to get back to where things used to be. And we'll just leave it at that. We're not going to dive into it because that could open up a whole can of worms. But we need to bring back some, we need to. American values. Some American values. We need some more inspiration from mm -hmm. our leadership. Um, we need some more consistency. A lot of things we talk about. We need some hope. They need to give us some freaking hope. Would you give us some hope? What are we? I want to live for tomorrow. That's what hope's yeah. all about. But anyway, let's not get down that rabbit hole. All right. <laughs> that's a whole so other let's, podcast. <laughs> that's, that's the next podcast. <laughs> so let's 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 dive into your stuff. Um, and I asked this question early on. It just gets it out of the way. What what is your definition of leadership? Or what's the dif difference between boss and leader or manager and leader? 
I mean, I think I'm going to have one of those cliche answers, but for me, I don't want to be a boss. I don't want to be the person that's sitting at my desk, you know, with my feet up that is just delegating every duty in our company to other individuals. You know, I want to be leading that pack. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to, you know, do any job that I would ask any of our staff to do. Uh, I want to have done that job. I want to make sure it's guiding and teaching and not just, you know, directing and delegating and and ordering and being, you know, uh, uh, an authority. So you just touched on a piece that I write about in my book very early on is one of the foundational pieces of leadership is you have to have some practical knowledge about the about the job that you are having other people do so that you can lead them mm-hmm. so that you can cut through the BS and they're mm-hmm. like if somebody tells you something and nah, you're full of BS we need to get around this or mm-hmm. be able to listen and somebody comes up with a great idea go you know what I've never thought about it like that before but wow that's a great idea let's tell me more about it how can we do it that's something I tell my staff like well our staff you know my husband and mine um, is that um, you know if you have like a suggestion on how you think something can be done better instead of like telling other employees or making it a you know a drama issue right because we do right. see that employees can create drama issues in the workplace bring it to me i have an open door policy come into my office at any point and and bring me your idea um, i am more than happy to listen but also bring me the data because you can't just bring me some he said she said drama I don't play that so you bring me some data that proves that your idea can work yep. and we will do it and I have had employees that you know stepped up to the plate and uh, and I like to call them team members really not employees um, that step up to the plate and have brought me like a like a PowerPoint or some kind of presentation that have said like you know if we can implement this new procedure this thing that I that I think would help because I do this job every day mm-hmm. like this is the um, you know this is the uh, how that can play out for us, you know, how, how it can be beneficial. So how do you get to that spot? Yeah. Because if you're a manager and you're out there listening right now and say, okay, I'm going to go back to work um, tomorrow and I'm going to ask my team to give me ideas. Because if you do that, you're, I mean, it takes time. You can't just say, hey, give me your ideas and they're going to walk in and go, wow, look, I've got a whole presentation I've been waiting for you to right. ask. Oh, I how, like- do you, how do you build it up? I like to make them real uncomfortable. And by that, I mean, <laughs> no, and by that, I mean, I think one of the questions that you had for me was mm-hmm. um, maybe some exercises that we have done with our staff. Mm-hmm. So we would have these meetings, right? And I would be like, okay, like, here's a note card. And I don't know everybody's handwriting or anything. And I even made a digital online anonymous box, but they were too worried about submitting because they thought that somehow I could see who submitted it. Mm-hmm. So I would give them like a note card and say, like, write anything down and like, we'll just put them all in this box mm-hmm. and like, and then, you know, any th- issues that you're having or whatever in your department or whatever it is and then I'll just pull it out and and we won't say who wrote it even if I do recognize the handwriting we'll just have a conversation about nobody wanted to do it so I looked at Corey and I was like what do we do Mm -hmm. and I actually had a friend who suggested this uh I guess it's like a Forbes 500 or a Fortune 500 or something like exercise Mm -hmm. like like corporations actually do it and so and it seems super fun to me and so it's called have you ever heard of it it's called the peanut butter and jelly activity Yes, vaguely. I've heard of it. I haven't done it in a long time, but I know about it. But go into the details because okay. So we yeah. really like to amp it up. I'm kind of <laughs> a, I'm a, I'm kind of an extrovert, so I'm really gonna put no, on. <laughs> just kind of, just kind of, right? Yep. Um, Me too. I'm just really kinda. I'm, I'm really gonna kinda. put on the performance. So instead of having them write their issues on a um, on a note card, I gave them all a note card at a, at a staff meeting. And, and I went to the dollar store and I bought like, you know, like a super cheap, like plastic tablecloth. I bought two, you know, pl- butter knives. I bought two loaves of bread. I bought mm-hmm. two jars of peanut butter and two jars of jelly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've since learned some tricks because we've done this exercise yep. a few more times, but I'm just going to kind of tell you the basics from the first time. So, because I got called out for missing a couple of items eventually, <laughs> but, um, anyway, so, so somebody knew how to make a better peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, they, oh, well, yeah. they, I just missed like a paper plate or something one oh. time, but like, and so now I have paper plates too. <laughs> so anyway, so I have, so I, I tell them this, I give them all the note card and a pen and I tell them like this crazy story. I'm like, okay, you guys, I'm an alien from like the planet Xenon and my name is Ulog and this is my first mission to earth, right? And I have never been on earth before. I have no clue how anything works here. So 
My first mission from my overlords is to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And, and they all laugh, right? Because they're like, oh, that's so stupid. This is so dumb. Like, that's simple. Like, everybody knows how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, I don't because I'm an alien from a different planet. I don't, I've never even seen peanut butter in my life. What? So, um, like, I kind of explained that to them. So I'm like, I need all of you. Uh, you have five minutes. Write me the directions on how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I am telling you what, it is the most fun thing in the world. Yeah. So like the first one I pull out, I'm like, it says, get two pieces of bread. I don't know how to get two pieces of bread. Do I undo the twisty tie? Whatever. So I just rip open, oops, sorry, I just rip open the bag and like take two pieces of bread out from like the middle of the, of the, you know, just, and they're all like, and so like I just take two pieces of bread out of the middle and like slap them on the table right and then it's like take the peanut butter and put it on one side of the bread well it doesn't say open the peanut butter or anything so I just grab the whole jar of peanut butter and I slam it down on one side of the bread and then it's like put the jelly on the other side of the bread so I like slam the jelly on the other side of the bread and I'm trying to just put it on the bread and like the jelly and the peanut butter and so and so like this goes on and we have like more and then some people try to get really like detailed with it they're like I'm gonna show her right and like they're like you know take the knife and spread the peanut butter on one side of the bread well they didn't tell me how much they didn't say like spread it evenly or whatever so I just grabbed the whole jar and I'm like <laughs> dumping peanut butter on the bread and so this goes on and everybody's laughing and having a great time by the end. But the point of the activity is to teach people that yes, communication is so important, but comprehension is actually key. So when we are working together as a team, you need to take the time to explain, educate, guide, and follow through. So make sure that those you know things have been taken care of and done correctly all the way through because if one department in our company doesn't finish or do something correctly it's going to affect every other department right and it's a total trickle down situation so um you know they kind of got it and then one more we do is we make like you know like snowflakes like with paper that you made when you were kids yeah so we have each like team members sit back to back in a chair and like i just sat like cross-legged on the conference table in the middle and i just made up directions i was like and and it, it really it's so crazy because i would be like fold the paper vertically now fold it horizontally now fold it this way now fold it that way and by the end everybody has a different snowflake because they interpreted the directions differently yes. nobody's is the same so you That's know powerful. what i actually did that i in a different lifetime i taught elementary school and i taught third and fifth grade and both of those examples right there i actually think i might have done the pb and j in a speech class in college you know over 20 years ago but in a third grade in a third grade classroom, we did the PB and J, same thing, and with the snowflakes. Did we do that in one of our master's no, classes? You might have. I did. Okay. Because we did another one. I was thinking about too. Yeah, where where they don't even say fold it vertically or hor. It's fold the paper. And depending on your your personality type, some just fold the paper. They could care. And then you, they have others that are like. Uh, horizontally or vertically. Mm -hmm. You did not say it right. And so it is communication is key. Uh, it's, it's incredible how that changes the entire dynamic. Yeah. So let's yep. talk about a real world example. You drove over to Dallas to meet us mm -hmm. yesterday, which was awesome. So we were setting up dinner plans and I reread the text this morning and I'm thinking, okay, this is where this went horribly wrong. <laughs> and I text what? you, I texted you where we were going to go. And then I go, okay, if they're going to look it up, maybe they need the address. So I texted you the address. Okay. My intention was to make it easy for you to find where we're going to go eat to look at their menu online. That was my intention. About a half an hour later, I get a text back. Okay, we're going to meet you there. And I'm like, why are you driving? I'll, you ride with us. So I wake up this morning and I happen to be scrolling through my text and I'm looking, I'm going, now when I go back and reread this, I said, here's where we're going. Here's the address. You interpreted, I'm, my guess is, and you're in, it's like, okay, this is where we're eating and here's how we get there. I'm like, that's not what I meant. So talk <laughs> about communication. Mm -hmm. My intent was to provide clarity. Mm -hmm. You read it as he wants me to drive. No, yep. I didn't want you to drive. I didn't mean for you to do that. <laughs> I would invite you to go with me. You know, it's like, so it's one of those things when you talk about communication and how it can go. Horrible. And it's usually that look back. That's, that's the learning curve, right? It's not in the moment. It's never in the moment. Whoever said, put peanut butter on a piece of, uh, you know, bread, did it, we watched you put an entire jar on top of bread and they're going, oh, that's not what I meant. And at that point, they're not even sure how to backtrack, right? Like right. you're learning from your mistakes in real time. But that's why it's so important for mm -hmm. them to learn. Like that's where Absolutely. the comprehension comes in. And I feel like a lot of 
at least like leadership books or classes that I've taken have left that part out. It's the communication mm. is key. Communication is key has been driven home for so long that we forget that you can tell somebody something all day long. Yes. It's how they interpret it and if they understand it that is really going to matter. Yeah. So if you're playing games that work like this, it sounds like you have a pretty fun culture. We so how, how would you describe your work culture? Because you're a small business, right? Yes, we are very, very small. We and, have 27 and, employees. Yeah, so in those scheme of things we're talking, we bring different guests on. We've had guests from corporations. We've had small business. We've had entrepreneurs, everything. So you're, this small business, you'd probably be in the entrepreneur bucket. Well, actually, you're probably past that because you guys are fairly mature uh, business now. But how are you would, calling me old? No. No. I said mature. <laughs> I'm not calling you old. <laughs> I'm, I'm working with a fire truck. Women in leadership, baby. Keep on going. So I'm just going to turn the questions over for you. So, so Brooke, the I'm question done. I would like you to ask our host is, can you tell Rich a little bit about your culture? Can you go ahead and ask that for me, please? Oh. <laughs> Brianna, talk about culture. Let's hear it. So that's the thing I really... I do pride ourselves on the culture that we've built. Nice. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be like one of those people that are like, um, oh, my work's a family. I mean, we're not a family. We're there to work. We're there to make money at the end of the day. Let's not lie. Mm -hmm. But I do care deeply, deeply, deeply about, you know, our staff. And um, mm -hmm. and you, sometimes that does make things hard as a leader because sure. you have to make even more difficult decisions when you have this tight-knit community that yeah. you basically spend you know, I mean, at least Corey and I spend like 16 hours a day at least with these people. Yeah. And so, you know, like, um, it, but we have, we've built a really great culture that I'm super proud of. You know, I always kind of joke with, with, with our team, like when we have meetings or whatever, like, you know, I know nobody want, still won the lottery, so we have to be here. So let's make the best of it, right? Yeah. Like I want work to be somewhere where you guys don't hate to come. I mean, mm. you have to come, but let's not make it the most miserable part of you know our lives. There's lots of things going on in all of our lives that are difficult. So let's make work less difficult than it has to be, you know, or well, then you know, then it needs to. Then be. it needs to be. Yes. Yeah. So let me shoot the wheels off this because you just okay. touched on something that I love, and this has been bothering me for a long time, and I finally figured out the solution. And you said work slash family is what I summarized, wrote down in my notes. You said, you know, we're not going to say, hey, work is like family. All right, let's talk about that from a cultural standpoint. Mm. Do, you, hmm. do you have – everybody's got the family member that's the black sheep, right? We've, everybody's got one that's like, really? That person's in your family? Or you have some, you have some dirt somewhere in your family that's like, <laughs> really? That's going on? Now, we can't talk about that. <laughs> So why on God's green earth would you ever want to have your work environment where you have a bunch of black sheep come together and it's just a nasty, dirty environment? Hell no, I don't want my work environment to be like my family. I want it to be a hell of a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So let's yeah. go out and fix that. Healthy. Yes, yeah. Yeah. bingo, healthy. <laughs> and, and you touched on another piece too. You said there are some days you're working with your team 16 hours a day, Yeah. Yeah. right? And you don't spend that much time with your children. No, actually, sometimes I feel guilty for that, right? I have mom right. guilt because yeah. I, I spend more time working a lot than I do with my children. Yeah. So let's go into a serious question. Okay. We're going to turn this real fast. Okay. So we're talking company culture. How do you balance that with a small business? You've got to make a living. You've got to make money. You've yep. got to put food on the table, keep, you know, pay the rent, pay the mortgage, whatever it is. How do you do it? How do you keep it real? Mm. So to, to make profit and to have... And have a good culture, have all that. I mean, that's it, right? So one hand washes the other. Uh, that's, the, hmm. that's the bottom line, um, is that building a good company culture builds a better company. It really does. And it may be a longer process, and it may be more costly in the beginning. But I think Corey and I really saw that evolution um, because just quick little backstory, um, you know, Corey had ran this company for a significant amount of time before I got involved. Uh, you know, I was raising the kids, doing, you know, um, that kind of thing. I was actually a vet tech in another life, so never thought I would be, you right. know, the, the, yeah. the repo lady. Um, and <laughs> You just put yourself in a corner, the repo lady. And so, um, you know, when I got involved um, – it, it's not that it wasn't successful. It's that Corey's leadership style was very much different than 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 I could be, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's former military, very author authoritarian, like type of leadership style, and I'm a much more empathetic person. I mean, I, I can get you can be a firecracker too, but you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to instill fear. I wanted to instill respect and mm -hmm. and and boundaries. And you know, I felt like 
because he was working offshore sometimes and he wasn't always present in the office. And then I went to being present in the office every single day. I had to build a relationship with these people other than just like, you know, email directives and like communication every day. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of when we had to figure out how to meld and like, um, you know, evolve the company because when I got involved, I think um, other than myself, we had five employees. And so, um, you know, and now we're looking at at 30. So you're up to six times then? Yeah. You have six times your company. You got a question? Not yet. Not yet? (laughs) I I have a question, but... Before, hold that question. Okay. Before you get that question, we got to have another quick break. Yep. Are you ready to unlock the potential of your team? You know good relationships are built on trust. And this starts with knowing yourself, knowing your team, knowing who you are communicating with, and knowing how they will respond. But how do you do that? Engagement. What is that? Engagement identifies your strengths, opportunities, needs, and productivity. Increase communication, trust, and connection enable you to reach your full professional potential today and in the future. Okay, then what? Engagement is a unique and proven tool that helps clients experience higher sales and profits while increasing productivity and customer loyalty. You can unlock the potential of your team. Discover how your business can benefit from engagement. Dignity Leadership Consulting. Learning, growing, leading. Welcome back. So we were just finished. We were talking about her Mm -hmm. leadership style. Right. Authoritarian for her husband and empathetic for hers, which leads me to like reality. What, yeah, did you have a yeah. question? I was, I was thinking about just that transition, right? And you said really in terms of the evolution of your company, that was a pivotal point. I mean, it sounds like that was, there was a, a crossroads at that point, right? And y'all were taking a different direction, rebuilding, kind of reassessing and resetting. Question here is what, what do you think was that perception versus reality for your employees? when they looked at the dynamic of the company at that point. So I think uh, it's funny because I had put like a little message out and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I'm very uh, an open book with, with our with our team and then, you know, our friends too. And I had put out a message saying like, um, you know, I'm going to be on this amazing podcast and like it's about leadership. Like mm-hmm. what do you think are some things that I should talk about leadership? It was actually one of our team members that have been with us forever that had kind of brought up perception versus reality for me. Yeah. And um, – I'm sure initially, like that perception was like, oh, honestly, like now we can play mom against dad and like, this is going to be fun and we can really, you know, just start some crap. Mm -hmm. And like, um, and then also just, I think maybe the perception was that they were going to, because I am an empathetic person, that they were going to be able to walk all over me, but that, you know, Corey was going to discipline them for that. Um, and, 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 And so the reality was, it wasn't easy. I'm not even going to lie. Mm-hmm. Living and working with your spouse is, mm-hmm. and Corey used to travel sometimes 30, 60 days at a time. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, at the company by myself. But when we started really wow. working together to set these boundaries mm-hmm. of what his duties were versus mine and, you know, what employees uh, pool and in, in teams he was in charge of versus mine. And so we call it, um, uh, cross-pollinating and hmm. so like sometimes we do try to step on each other's toes a little bit and I'll and I'll be like hey you're pollinating my flowers over here <laughs> or he'll be like you're pollinating my flowers lady so like we really have tried not to do that but and I'm not gonna say it didn't take a time to get there right but we knew because it caused problems initially right because like I said it was the mom versus dad yeah. perception mm-hmm. when the reality was Corey and I are a team at the end of the mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. but we had to figure out how to be a team not just at home in our relationship with our children and so now we have 30 children that we can't spank and we have to figure that out too <laughs> how do you communicate with that you can spank them you just might not get away with it <laughs> yeah yeah and, <laughs> and i think i need to talk to your husband too because i don't know if i would if i were him i'd say hey lady you're cross pollen i'd say hey hey lady you're marking my tree that's mine to pee on get away <laughs> back off <laughs> a good segue he's over there taking notes (laughs) (laughs) he might be listening right now oh my gosh so i have learned a lot just as i've gotten to know um rich and emily about the auto industry and i feel like it's the tip of the iceberg right like Mm. it's fascinating to me um who's emily your wife oh you're amazing so yeah she's super cool yeah 
badass. Uh, you know, it means right. that I got to be somewhat cool because she married me. So. <laughs> you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You're all right. <laughs> I'm all right. It's a package deal. <laughs> hey, hey, that's an upgrade from what I was a couple months ago. I was like just, I was just okay a couple months nah, ago. No, nah. no, you're good. Um, you know what's interesting though about this auto industry? I mean. And I, I've gone to a conference and, and seen just just from the, you know, talk to some people. What do you feel like from your perspective? Is it like being a female in a male-dominated industry? It's been an interesting journey, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, especially on the repossession especially side. Especially coming from a vet tech background as well. So let's oh, see, yeah. like, you're totally new industry. And then the repo side, which I learned a little bit about last night. Fascinating. <laughs> Guys, this is fascinating. If you want to do some research. Go ahead. Um, yeah, it, especially on the repo side, mm -hmm. right? I think that women are generally more accepted in the auto finance side, the remarketing side. Sure. Those soft know. skills, right? Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, on the repo side, I mean, it, it was a, an interesting journey because earning the respect of just even that crowd, even the other women that are mm. in that crowd, because there's so few. I mean, okay. honestly, there is like, I, I could probably count the women uh, that actually own, you know, and are successful repo companies on, on both my hands. Wow. Like, okay. it is just a small, it's a small world in general. Yeah. I mean, we lost 25% of the repo industry um, from our estimates um, during COVID. So it wow. it's just keeps getting Even smaller. smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, our estimate is I think there's three to 5,000 companies in the country. So just think about that, like how many fast food restaurants and grocery stores are, are in, you know, 10 square miles of whatever city you live in. Yeah. I mean, there's thousands and thousands. So, wow. um, you know, there's just that many of us in the country. So it, every, <laughs> that's another fun part. Everybody knows everyone mm -hmm. to some extent, right? So, um, and there's some deep, deep roots in this industry that are generational companies, you know, that have been around since, you know, repo was started a hundred years ago. Wow. Um, Kevin Armstrong actually wrote a book about the hundred years of the repo industry. It's called Repo Blood. A really hmm. interesting read. That would probably give anybody who has any questions about the repo industry some answers uh, of about just how tight knit and small and uh, interesting um, that dynamic is. So um, Corey had a lot of respect. He was he's always been well liked. Um, we call him the the good Cox. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you? I, I guess that makes me the bad one. <laughs> so, um, you know, what a last name, right? Aren't we so lucky? We are blessed. Um, you know what, you so have... many bumper stickers right now. <laughs> but, you ha but you embrace it, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I'm okay with it. And so uh, at first I was maybe a little too loud and a little too outspoken without enough knowledge and respect um, growing pains yeah definitely some growing pains um but i learned really quickly you know um how to how to interact and how to turn that around and how to build relationships with these folks and so um that's kind of actually ended up something being something that i that i pride myself on in in the industry now like being on the repo america podcast and being invited to you know dignity leadership today um, because it gives me the opportunity to kind of um, bring our side of the industry, which is, I like to say, we're the black sheep of the auto finance world, mm. right? Um, to bring some clarity on what we actually do and that we're not just these, you know, chucks in the truck and that, you know, we're business professionals mm -hmm. that, and I like to say that we're running a data management company that has the, you know, ability to do repossessions. That's a good, good take on it. No, it is. I, I loved hearing that last last night because it, you, you think about, you said you lost 25% of your industry during COVID. And we think about the world that we're moving into, right? So we're going, we're, we're headed straight into a, a data-driven world. And that is key even in leadership, right? So we've learned the hard way, you know, it can't be all feelers out there, right? So empathetic person, I, I would feel, I would say the same thing about me. And yet if you don't have the science and the data and the numbers behind you, what are you really saying? And yeah. is there anything that you can really follow up on, right? Yeah. So you've no, got to exactly. have that balance. And the world that we live in now, AI-driven, technology-driven, yeah, development-driven, right? You need to have that balance. So it's so cool to hear that that is even the way that you're you're creating that vision for your industry will probably hold the test of time. That's yeah. the differentiator there. We certainly hope so. And yeah. just to, you know, touch back on being the, the woman in the industry, I do feel extremely accepted now. Um, awesome. And I feel like our industry is accepting women more openly. And mm -hmm. we have 
honest, a lot of the women have become the biggest leaders in our industry uh, as of late, and I couldn't be more proud. Honestly. You know, I think there's, there's a, I've looked at some of the stuff, I haven't studied mm -hmm. a lot, but in different organizations mm -hmm. I've seen where women-led organizations are successful, and I've been trying to figure it out, and after going through the leadership program and study and get a master's degree in it, mm -hmm. women have more empathy naturally than men do. Um, they don't have to, you mentioned earlier that your husband was military more authoritarian and you were more empathetic, but I think that leads into, and you watch how these businesses are, they're, you, you're more caring, you're more nurturing because it's part of who you are as, you know, that's how, just say it, that's how it's God, in our genetics, that's, yes, yeah. exactly, it's how God created us or how we've evolved over time, and I think that plays into leading organizations, hmm. and when I met you last year and you said you, you were speaking and you were doing this deal, and I remember, I, I don't know what the look on my face was, but I can tell you what the, what I felt inside. And I had like this rush of energy and different emotions. I'm like, holy shit. She's going to get up here and she's going to talk about uniting the industry, bringing these things together. She's a woman. It's male dominated. Like, how big's the room? And you said well, it was a small room. I'm like, well, oh, this isn't going to work. And that, you told me that you said you had like people standing outside in the hallway trying to get in to hear your presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we and she's, you're doing it again. In a bigger area, well, right? Well, I haven't, I, I did apply to speak in We're going to help, we? well, yeah. Again. So if anybody from Cherokee Media is listening to this podcast right <laughs> yeah. now, you need to get Brianna We need on. a bigger room. Yeah, we need a bigger room because she's good. Yeah, I want to do the same presentation actually because um, I had steered my presentation more towards like Texas ARP and the unity thing initially. And uh, just to be honest with you, one of my male colleagues was like, Brie, that is so sweet, but um, right. you're going to be talking to an empty room. Right. Nobody cares about kumbaya around the fire right, right now. They want to hear some facts, some hard hard mm -hmm. data. Let's go. Just so, the facts. So I changed my presentation at the last minute, but it never got changed on like all the press information. So I did. I applied this year, and I obviously put in everything, and, and, I, and I emailed Bill, and I was like, hey um, – I want to do the same thing because nobody recorded it and we had such a small room last year and like, you know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm totally willing to put some people in the presentation with me too. Um, but yeah, I would love the opportunity to do it again because it was so uh, involved. I mean, everybody was just going back and forth and communicating. We had some really good conversations going on. Um, and so, it, yeah, I would love to be able to to present that topic again. You know, the cool thing about that, too, is that it just talks to the time that you're doing it. Timing is everything in, in so many ways, right? So there's something to what you're saying that right now there's a need in that industry for change oh. and for revolution. And they're ready for it. Well, I think there's oh, a yeah. need There's a need for change and revolution in a lot of industries. In a lot and of it's areas. not just repossession. Yeah. I oh, definitely absolutely. can tell you it's, it's automotive, mm -hmm. without a doubt. And then I think there's a lot of other pieces. Um, well, and you know, I've, I come from healthcare, and you healthcare. know, I mean, it's it's it is. People are hungry for change, and it's going to take a while because the question is how do we how do you create an, an a universal change? It takes time, and it takes effort and leadership, and a lot of leadership. It takes a lot of leadership. <laughs> a lot of leadership. Yep. No, it doesn't. I'm a, that's why I'm here. I'm the manager, and I'm in charge, and I got it done. And I need you to go make a hundred widgets mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. yep. Uh, it's 30 seconds. How come you haven't started yet? Mm -hmm. You're wasting time. You're still sitting here. Let's go. But that's the kind of mentality yeah, we got to right. get away from that's come. And unfortunately, there's still some of those um, those personalities still mm -hmm. out there. They've got to go away. Part of the, what came out of the pandemic is people started realizing what was the most important thing to them. Yeah. And it was having a balanced life, having their time, having their family. Yes, they want to make a living. Yes, mm -hmm. they want money. Yes, they want a job. But I think the days of, there's still going to be some out there, mm -hmm. but the days of I'm going to work 80 hours a week for you and give you everything you need right. to make me better, that's not going to happen anymore. Those days are gone. No, I agree. Yeah. So talking about transitions and things that need to change, I got a question for you. Okay. You own your own company, you and your husband. Mm -hmm. Who built the ship? Corey built the ship. 100%. And, you're, and who's, who's steering the ship? I am sailing it. Well, yeah. I sailed it for quite a bit, but uh, we 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 alternate shifts now. Yeah. So how? So well, help help us walk through that because I mean that's a big deal, right? So if I heard you correctly earlier talking, I'm, I'm piecing together some stuff. But he had a he had this going. You jumped in and started helping, mm -hmm. and then you were. What's that look like? How does it work? How did you guys make that? 
function. Well, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but we're going to talk some more about yeah, it now. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, like I said, really. Um, oh, it was tough. It was tough at first, especially because he was still working on his other career. You know, when I had started working at the company, so sometimes he would be, you know, in another country for thirty days, and I would be, you know, um, mm. having to like call him to ask mm -hmm. him things or whatever. He's on a sat phone on some rig in <laughs> Nigeria or whatever, and I'm, you know, and I'm calling him like. Um, so it was, it was, it was really just a lot of trial and error, and, and I'm not going to say that we didn't make plenty of mistakes sure. or that we didn't, you know, take business home some nights, and you know. Uh, one of one thing we tried to do was never have an argument in front of the staff. Never disagree right. with each other in front of the staff, right? It's just kinda of like doing it in front of your children. It just gives them ammo to continue to play, you know, both sides or whatever. But so it's a chink in the armor. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, but I'm not saying we didn't take it home and, you know, duke it out <laughs> a little bit. Did um, you put on oversized boxing gloves? And yeah, just, uh, you know, the big blow up ones. Like, <laughs> um, so really it was just finding mm -hmm. boundaries between both of our leadership styles and wow. being able to apply both of our leadership styles together without looking like we were, you know, ha having issues. So it's a very delicate process. I'm, like, that, <laughs> it, it, that would take a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Right? It took a lot of time. time? Yeah. I would say, so I think I started in late 2014. I would say... And then, and then, I mean, I really like to mix things up. So after we lost, I, I love to test his boundaries about because he's a saver, right? He's like, I will, we'll have five employees and we'll make this much a month, and, and I'm good with this. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not, because like if I'm going to do it, I'm an extremist. We're going to do all the things. And so, um, like, uh, you know, we had lost our house in Hurricane Harvey, but what? during while we were, yeah, during it's no way. It, it's okay. Uh, you know, uh, we did build back a lot better. So, and fortunately, what? we didn't lose our business. <laughs> do you like that pun? So, <laughs> um, but you did actually do it better. We did, yeah. yeah that we just did. wasn't. But we didn't bluff. live in our house, so we bought our house three months before Hurricane Harvey. We literally just hung Are the you last serious? pictures three on the months? I wanted a one story because I hated the stairs. Yep. Like seven to eight feet of water, depending on where it settled oh. in our house. So we literally oh. lost almost everything oh. we owned. Yeah. And um, so we didn't live in our brand new house for another year. Mm. And so we're living in this corporate apartment. And one of Corey's buddies calls him and is like, hey, Paradigm Recovery is for sale. Mm. And so we had owned Asset at this point. And, like, um, we, had, we had noticed after Harvey. Mm -hmm. So we had, like, we were super strict. We had no LPR. We had this direct, you know, uh, portfolio. We were, like, not going to work with forwarders. And we were, like, you know, we're just, like, elite or whatever. And we did have kind of this elitist attitude about how mm. we – ran our company and so but we realized after harvey it was the forwarders and you know the second chance finance people that were kind of getting back to work before we were and mm -hmm. so like we had lost everything we're rebuilding our house we're living in this corporate apartment that's like a hundred dollars a day mm. and like it's pure craziness and so this 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 other thing falls in our lap so we buy out a competitor in the middle of like rebuilding our house wow. and doing all of these things and so um that was extremely difficult and um to, to manage like and, and merging right our two companies because we had to make our employees realize that that each company was just as important and we were all going to work together as a team right. and then he's gone you know 30 days at a time so that was really interesting but I think I am grateful for when he left his other career and came to actually work with with me full-time mm -hmm. and and because I think and that was right right when COVID started okay and I think that's when we really, I mean, we, we built a good culture. And I'm not saying because he was working, you know, another career that he wasn't there or involved all mm -hmm. the time. And we were steadily building this amazing culture. But I think when both of us started being there mm -hmm. eight hours a day, you know, Monday through Friday, and then sometimes on night shift too, mm -hmm. like that is when the team was like, holy crap, like we're going to like kick butt now, mm -hmm. like it's on. And so like we did. And, um, you know, uh, during COVID, I tested poor Corey's boundaries again. And we, I was like, well, we haven't figured out LPR yet. So that's, I want to do that next. And he was like, okay. And we were kind of dabbling in it, but we just like, weren't one of the, you know, top 20%. And so I was like, we're going to buy eight 2020 Corollas and 11 camera systems. And he was like, okay. 
And so we did it. And then we went like one month, we were like at 300,000 scans was like our average. The next month it was like 1.2 million scans. And everybody was like, whoa, like where did you guys come from? So I want, to, I want you to hang on right there because we're going to come back to that. We're okay. going to take a quick break, and then i got a question for you, and we'll go into yep. the conclusion. But hit it up for us. Kevin E. Have you ever wondered how to be a better leader? Do you want to learn how to motivate your employees while trying to dodge corporate BS and being happier at work? Richard T. Levine, author and leadership expert, has written a new book with the answers you're looking for. In You're Doing It Wrong, Stop Managing and Start Leading, he identifies trust, hope, humility, emotional intelligence, and empathy as core leadership values. You can find the book on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and other book retailer websites. All right, so my question is, before we went to break, you were talking about cars and license plate recognition scans mm-hmm. and these numbers. Mm-hmm. So here's what I want you to do for our audience, because majority of the people out there have no idea what the repo industry is. And you got... 60 seconds, so you're going to have to give the elevator speech. In an overview, 60 seconds, I want you to talk about this. It's going to be a mouthful. You ready? Okay. Company structure. Like, how come you have that many employees? How many trucks do you have? How many cars do you have? What it, tell? Because if I'm thinking repo and I'm watching these TV shows on TV, I see one guy and maybe a wife, and they got a truck, and they're driving around, they're picking up cars, and they call, they call that a repo thing. That's not what it is. No. So take it over. 60 seconds. What's the so structure? So versus actually giving numbers of my employees, I would prefer to actually just talk about my company structure. Let's I'm going to talk really fast here, so keep up. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I love it. So we have a client service department that takes care of our clients uh, and, and, and uh, How many? processes the uh, – So we have about four of them. Cool. And then so we – process the intaking orders and we are kind of running on a skeleton crew obviously because of after COVID so we don't have as many employees as as, you know we probably will by next year Um, and then we have um, our uh, logistics department which takes care of redemptions um, Mm -hmm. um, transports Mm -hmm. um, so personal property vehicle redemptions etc etc and then she kind of is in charge of the lot and then so we have several lot attendants we have a key department that cuts and processes keys Um, so we have one girl that uh you know, re- does the fee requests and whatnot for the keys. And then we have people who cut keys. And then we mm-hmm. have lot attendants who take care of collecting and inventorying and storing those personal property items for the debtors because we are required by Texas to store those items for at least 31 days. Some clients require us to store them for 60. You wouldn't believe what people keep in their cars. <laughs> um, and then um, so we also have a camera car department. And so we have eight camera cars. So we have 16 camera car drivers. And then we have six trucks, uh, which one of them is a flatbed. And um, our drivers do work double shifts um and so they don't um have to share their trucks wow did i leave anybody out (laughs) i don't know if you did coming from the person who doesn't know the industry because you got y'all do and and lots of acronyms and stuff like that but i i can't get over it it's fascinating and what you just said it's not just fascinating it's intricate and it's complex it's not just this High level, this is what you do with three and people. I, and no. I actually mm-hmm. did. I forgot, like, our own job. So I left out the dispatch <laughs> department who takes care of the field, sure. right? And then, like, the accounting mm. who is ba- – I'm the, basically the You have accounting. to account, account for money in that too? Oh, absolutely. Okay, lots of – lots of and, – and, you know, they don't like to so pay us. So many details. <laughs> yeah, keep on it. That's, oh, man. Yeah. So you're on the collection side of the business, mm-hmm. and then the banks that are collecting money don't like to pay you. Wow, I find that funny. Oh. You and me both. <laughs> Not all it, banks. I, I will I say, right, look, yes. I have some wonderful clients who, yeah. who, who I don't have to chase my money from, but there are some out there that uh, constantly chasing it's, my money. It's like every industry. There's good when there's, there's bad mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. that 80-20 rule, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're, unfortunately, the 20% ruin it for all the 80% that are doing they, well. They, in every yeah. industry. Well, yep. we say that about even just the people in our industry. We've been trying to educate and, and lead for so long and – you know, they'll get on Facebook and be like, what's everybody doing? We need to unify. And I'm like, where have you been? Like under a rock? Like what are, we're, we're doing the things like yeah. you want to be involved. I'll give you my email. Let's go. Yeah. But that's work. To get involved is work. It takes effort. You wouldn't believe how many people I will approach and be like, hey, do you want to join Texas ARP? Do you want to join ARA? Do you want to do these things? And they're like, I don't have time. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have time? I'm like, I work like 60 hours a week at my company and then donate another 20 hours a week to Texas ARP and, and, and the state associations yeah. um, and, and Repo Alliance. So, like, make the time if you really care about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's a great segue. Mm-hmm. Make the time if you care about it. To run into our conclusion on the show. Which is where we go around, round table, and we talk mm-hmm. about three things from my why statement. Learning, growing, leading. So the mm-hmm. first question is, what did you learn today? Mm-hmm. Second question is, how are you going to use this information? The last one is, who's going to hold you accountable? Mm-hmm. 
Let's start over here with Kevin. Is he ready? Kevin, E. Mr. What's producer, up, are you ready? Because I'm ready. Kevin's going to be on the spot. Sure. He's thinking in real right. time. I never go first, though. <laughs> yeah, you do. You went very first. The very first time we set up the new form, I went first. You're like, the you even go, you always make me go first. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I do kind of remember that. <laughs> the only one that remembers that, the devil's in the details. <laughs> well, I learned right. a lot about the repo business. I had no idea about right? but, um You can use it. I mean, it's going to be. That's going to be my word. I know how we can use that. But what'd you learn? Um, probably the, uh, the how key communication is among mm. people in a workspace. Wow. I thought it was peanut butter and jelly sandwich for you. Well, that too. too. That's how I'm going to implement it. All right. So mm. communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Communication. Communication. But mm-hmm. that has to lead into the comprehension, right? Because you can say things till you're blue in the face. You have to ha- make sure that people understand what you're saying. Right. Well, communication's a two-way street, mm-hmm. and it's like the internet. <laughs> if you upload a document and you want somebody to download it, but they don't have the internet, the communication line's broken, yep. right? Mm-hmm. You send an email and no one reads it, communication's broken. Facts. I talk and you don't listen, communication's broken. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let me write this down. Kevin E. said communication. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better at writing my notes down. All right. Who wants to go? Because you have a piece of paper. Because right? I have a piece of paper. All right. Rich, you want to go next? Rich, what did you learn today? I love it when I do that. Balance. I wrote the word balance down halfway through. Tell me more. She said work family. She said authority, mm. empathy. Um, boundaries. Boundaries. It's homework. Uh, work, work, all those different things and keeping a balance and staying on it. And I, I mean, I wrote that down 20 minutes into the show, 30 minutes into the show. So it's, it's balance. Nice. Uh, what about you, Brianna? What do you mean? What did you learn learn on our show? Well, I learned that you guys are very fun to hang out with. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't learn that during the show. And I learned, honestly, no, I learned that, that it is so important for people to no. connect from different industries yeah. so that we can better understand each other. Yes. Um, it, it's just, it's incredible that mm-hmm. some people just literally don't get, you know, what's going on behind these curtains of these Absolutely. different industries. So it, it's so important to listen, you know, to other people who maybe you think you have nothing in common with. You know, I, and to piggyback on that, this is not what I learned, but not just the industry it's those niches these niche Mm. parts of industries Mm -hmm. right because you're absolutely right i do not come from the automotive industry i come from healthcare but i come from a niche area within healthcare and so um even within healthcare this component is not thought of until it's absolutely Mm -hmm. needed that kind of sounds like sometimes that's repo too right yeah Yeah. it's so um it's a necessary evil yeah yep brooke what did you learn oh yeah okay hang on hang on oh Um, this is a women in leadership, women in business show. So, Brianna, could you do me a favor? Anytime. Could you please ask Brooke what she learned today? Brooke, what did you learn today? Thank you for asking, Brianna. <laughs> I'm be in trouble for belittling you now. <laughs> Can't um, win. I wrote down also pretty early on when you were talking. Um, you said, you know, I don't really like to think of myself as a boss. That's not. It just doesn't fit. You know, my the way I took it, the way I perceive what you were saying is that does not fit the persona that I want to be. Um, So I I wrote the word boss and kind of put a slash through it. And what I put underneath it was guiding and teaches versus authoritarian, right? And so that um, as I guide and I teach because I know, because I practice what I preach, because I know the industry and I know what I'm doing, it makes all the difference. Yeah, but I do think that, mm -hmm. again, that balance comes into play because... You know, you can guide and teach all day, but sometimes you just are going to have those team members that join you. Absolutely. And, like, you are, have to eventually just kind of be like, okay, we're going to have a come to you Jesus need structure. now. You need yeah, structure. structure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So story time. Yes. I had two former employees from two different times in mm-hmm. my life that to this day still refer to me as boss. Mm-hmm. And they refer to me as a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. But here's mm-hmm. what I've learned today when you said that you didn't like to be called boss. I hate it. Because I didn't want to be called boss mm. because I looked at boss as being somebody bad. Sure. It's a dictator. Sure. But they kept calling it to me and they meant it as a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. But the aha moment I had is they were also, they they really liked me and what I was doing mm-hmm. as far as a leader. But by them calling me boss gave them the opportunity to tell me what things I needed to work on. I just realized that. I'm like, you know what? Mm. They always, like most. I had a couple of that, that Most that of too. them. But they yeah. were able to tell me what I need to work on. And we go, you know what? Maybe I don't ever want to lose the title boss because if I do that, then how am I going to continue to grow? 
a part of leadership is being the boss. Yeah. And let yep. me say this. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, it's it's loneliest at the top. It's not untrue. That There, there is true to that it's, statement. You only make it lonely if you isolate yourself. Mm, it, no. There are times, though, where you have to draw that you have to make the hard decision for the better of everybody. And you have to do that on your own. But you know that's how there we are, teach people to I, make those decisions. I do. But you also have to. That's just it. As a leader. You are willing to take the fall for your people. Yeah. As a healthy leader, you take the hard steps to make everyone better. That's it. That's the that's the yeah. missing link right there. Yeah. Bingo. You hit it very well. Boom. Boom. And some Slammed of my up. guys do mm-hmm. call me boss lady, and it is a term yeah. of endearment, yeah. right? Um, and, and I don't I don't necessarily take that away from them because no. it, it is a term. You know, bunch of I have, I have a, a bunch of wonderful women that work for me too, mm-hmm. but I have a bunch of you know just rough and tough guys that yeah. you know this the not that they're like you know. Maybe I shouldn't have used that term, but they're they're guys, you know, they're yeah. they're masculine, whatever. Sure. Yep. And so the, and they it is a term of endearment yeah. from from them to call me, you know, boss lady. I mean, if you send a little tiny, we'll just use a an analogy. If you send a racehorse jockey out to do a repo, and this little tiny dude gets out of the truck, where they get, what's going to happen? <laughs> We're going to get run over. <laughs> you can just send somebody out with a little bit of intimidation factor, but they also need to have some empathy when they do it. So, I mean, you're not going to hire the smallest people. You're going to have some big. You want some guns, right? Well, I mean, some no, big no arms. actual guns. You want some big arms? <laughs> no, no, no firearms. No like, firearms. No I'm talking firearms. guns. You want yeah. some biceps and triceps? All right. So we got to get on to the next part, and that is step number two. How are we going to use this information? So who went first? Kevin E, you went first. You ready to roll? Uh, sure. This one's going to be tough for you because you said you learned a lot about repo. But I got an idea for you if you don't. Well, I'm going to talk about the communication piece. Yeah, Do it. Oh, that's right. You, yeah, commu- I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. I can kill two birds here with this because. Uh oh. You said you needed to work more on the listening part, like when we talk each week on Wednesday. So I need to be work on my part better at communicating on that end, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm not as good as you are at saying what I need, you know, what I'm up to, what I need, that kind of stuff. Mm. I'm going to sit more quiet when you and I have our <laughs> one-on-ones. Just wait for it. All right. Just don't hang up on me because I'm still there. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Rich, what about you? What, did, what are you taking away? How are you going to use this? So I, I wrote down balance, right, was mine. Right. Um, here's what I'm going to take away from it. And Kevin gave me the idea. He said, I didn't know much about the repo industry, but you can learn so much from looking at a different industry that you're not involved in, how they do things, what, what pressures do they have. And then you take them back and you try to apply them to what you're doing. If the only thing I do every single day is leadership coaching and I never get out of it, what's going to happen? My wheel's not going to be balanced anymore, right? Because I'm too focused on that. So I got to, I got to go back and try to step out of my, of my wheelhouse, if mm-hmm. I will, and go and say, okay, how am I going to get balanced? Balance mm-hmm. is going to have to come from other areas, and, and it's work-life mm-hmm. balance, it's family mm-hmm. balance, it's all those things. You got to have all those pieces. So that's, yep. okay. that's what I'm going to work on is, is yeah. including more balance in my life. Yeah. And Brianna. Same. Use, I'm, I'm yeah. going to spin off that, and okay. and I'm going to take that too to like the conferences because, mm. you know, um, maybe you aren't someone that I would have ended up actually like approaching, you know, yeah. at a conference. We just ended up. You it's know, amazing what fire. Amazing <laughs> what my wife and Fireball does, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I, I would have encountered Emily at some point, but maybe you and I would have <laughs> oh, never yeah. actually ended up having a conversation. So I'm going to make sure that when I go to these events, that I that I force myself to step away and not talk to the same people I talk to mm. every single time, and maybe you know um, enrich my life by you know including other uh, other people that may not have been in it before i like that i like that brooke yeah so on my end it's and i kind of like that you you even said that brianna to me when i was like guiding you you're like yeah but without that authority i mean they're part there are times when you have to toe the line right yeah and and it's something that um i mentioned on a previous uh podcast as well where i Right now, I think my I'm wrestling, and it's an internal thing too, around my personal structure. Like where where are my guardrails for uh, for what I need? I can be extremely intensely structured. I have a lot of um, dominant red in me in, in terms of disc, um, or I can be fly by the seat of my pants yellow, you mm-hmm. know. And so there is there is a healthy line in between there that um, I've kind of let go of right now. And so I think structure is the word for me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. We've got about one minute left, so we need to go around kind of quickly. Who's going to be your accountability partner? Kevin E., who's going to help hold you accountable? I'm sticking with the usual. You. Oh. <laughs> and you put a lot on me, but I can, I can, I can make sure that I can do it. All right. Um, who, who goes next? Me? You. Balance. Um, 
my wife's in the room. Mm-hmm. She needs to help me because mm-hmm. um, I probably she sees it all the time. So she mm-hmm. needs to be she needs to hold, hold me accountable and balance. It's going to be tough because she's going to tell me to stop working. And I'm not going to want to listen, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is going to force me to listen more. All right, Brianna, um, Corey, always. Yeah, definitely my husband. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, next time we're at a conference together, uh, you guys, maybe, you know, we can both introduce each oh. other to people we wouldn't normally have <laughs> yeah, met. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So next time yeah. we're together, we've got to introduce to three people. Three people. Yep. I and if you've met them and somebody says, hey, I met you before, then it doesn't count. Yeah, okay. All right. Fair. Um, Brooke. I, I'm going to piggyback on this based on um, the uh, previous podcast. I'm going to reach out to Deshaun and kind of have him um, help me with this structure, too. We had a conversation um, about this area, and so I'm going to ask him. Awesome. Cool. Very cool. Hey, well, hey, thanks for listening to our show today. We've had another great episode of Dignity Leadership Live. I want to thank Brianna for coming all the way over from Houston, Texas, to the middle of Dallas, Texas, right downtown yes. by SMU. Thank you, Brianna. Oh, thank you guys. My co-host, thank you for keeping me upright. If you want some more information on Dignity Leadership, please reach out to us on the World Wide Web. You can find us at dignity-leadership.com. With that, I'm out. Keep paddling. Keep paddling.